from South Carolina Public Radio. This is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on June 5th, 2023 from Columbia, South Carolina. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we hit the campaign trail, specifically Interstates 95, 26, and 385, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who held a three-city swing across the state on Friday, following his announcement earlier in the week that he was seeking the Republican nomination for president. We also have updates on who is and who isn't jumping in the growing Republican field, and some additional campaign trail bites. We have new Winford poll data for you on a variety of issues, including abortion and common-sense gun reforms that Democrats and Republicans agree on and much more. The lead also loves hearing from everyone. That's why I have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. Give us a shout. Tell us what's going on. It's getting hot out there. The kids are out of school. People are going places. People aren't going places. People are doing things. People aren't doing things. Let us know. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Republican presidential candidate Florida Governor Ron DeSantis barnstormed through the Palmetto State Friday with three stops, which capped a 12-city tour in Iowa and New Hampshire following his campaign kickoff earlier in the week. DeSantis started the day off in Bluffton with a crowd of 1,000 people, predominantly retirees, behind a restaurant near Sun City. There, Charleston Representative Gary Brewer led off with an invocation, and Dorchester Representative Chris Murphy introduced DeSantis. This prominent display of elected officials continued at his other stops, including in Gilbert, where Representatives Bill Hickson and Micah Kasky and State Senator Rex Rice were on hand, and then in Greenville with the Senate Medical Affairs Committee Chairman Danny Verdon, along with Brandon Guffey, Representative Travis Moore, and Representative Ashley Trantham. So a lot of elected official firepower right there, flexing his guns there early in this process. Not a bad thing to have. At this point. Now, at each stop, DeSantis stumped for about 50 minutes and outlined his accomplishments as governor, including his overwhelming re-election last November, as well as his stint as a Navy officer and a legal advisor to SEAL Team 1, something that resonated with the crowds across the state. But President Joe Biden's stumble on stage at the U.S. Air Force graduation ceremony the day before provided an easy target for DeSantis in his opening remarks. So, you know, we saw the images yesterday of, of Biden stumbling around and, uh, you know, honestly... You know, it's a sad thing to see. You don't want to see anyone do that. But it was frustrating because, honestly, uh, that was symbolic of the state of our country. Our, our country continues to stub its toe. Our country continues to trip and fall. Our country continues to go in the wrong direction. And I don't have to tell you, just look. Are you happy with having an open southern border? Are you happy that your dollar has lost almost 20% of its purchasing power in the last five years? Are you happy that Biden's trying to kneecap our ability to produce our own energy in this country? DeSantis, in speaking about his military service, also tied in how the military has gone too woke and is making the country less safe and leading to recruitment challenges, he said. But, you know, it, it, it is something that people that serve, I think, have a sense of pride because... You know, you're serving something that, that you believe in. And yes, you know, I'd have made a lot more money uh, doing other things, but the satisfaction that comes with wearing the cloth of your country, with serving besides uh, other fellow patriots, and by serving a cause greater than yourself, well, 
that's a satisfaction money just can't buy. And so we're appreciative of everybody who serves. Uh, but I must say, I now have veterans coming up to me saying that they would not want their kids or grandkids to join the military right now because it's going woke. Uh, they discriminated against people based on the COVID shot and drove off a lot of very good warriors for that. You know, we're gonna offer all those people their jobs back if they wanna rejoin the military because they were treated very poorly. But the recruiting has suffered. And because people want to join an institution that they feel have confidence in, that they know is focusing on the mission. Uh, so we're going to make sure to get all that out of the military and get that on a better path. We also have a problem with our overall constitutional system. The Founding Fathers created three branches of government, legislative, judicial, um, and executive. They did not create a fourth branch of government this massive bureaucratic administrative state that does what it wants. That was not what was in the Constitution. DeSantis, who polls consistently in second place behind former President Donald Trump, has taken a lot of incoming fire, as he puts it. But this is something he's dealt with before, including while leading the state of Florida during the COVID-19 pandemic. DeSantis bucked lockdowns and federal guidance to keep the state open, even when some in his own party questioned the tactic. He's since blocked vaccine passports, signed medical freedom legislation into law, and blocked vaccine mandates. He's also receiving incoming fire over his battle with Disney, over their advocacy against the so-called Don't Say Gay law that prohibited teaching and discussion of sexual orientation and gender from kindergarten to third grade, and that was recently expanded through 12th grade. And there was a little company in Central Florida, some of you may have heard of, that wasn't happy about it. Disney was not happy about it. And Disney basically tried to tank the bill. Their view was that elementary school students should be exposed to things like transgender ideology in their curriculum, which I think is outrageous, but especially for a family company are supposed to be. And then, of course, we've seen Disney admit their executives on camera say that they want to inject the sexuality into the programming. And that's not good either. I'm sorry, that is wrong. And so we had to stand up, even though people said that they're the 800-pound gorilla, that when they come out against something, it doesn't work. You know, we had to stand firm for what was right. And so we never backed down. We stared them down, and we beat them on parents' rights and education. And here's the thing, because you have these Republicans now are attacking me, and they're siding with Disney. They're siding with the multi-billion dollar corporation with close ties to the CCP who's advocating the sexualization of children. I don't know why you would do that, but they are doing it. I think they think they're going to uh, get favor from the media or something. DeSantis also spoke heavily about parents' rights and their involvement in education issues, including the ability to review curriculum and books used in the classroom. This controversial decision has led to the removal of Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, in the Miami-Dade County School District due to the objection of one parent who said the poem, which was read by Gorman at President Joe Biden's inauguration, was not educational and contains hate messages, although they did not specify. We've enacted curriculum transparency legislation so that every parent in Florida has a right to inspect the curriculum that's being used in their kid's school, and you would think that of course parents should know what's being taught, but there's a lot of people that want to lock the parents out. They don't want the parents involved. Why do they not want the parents involved? Look, as a teacher, the more the parent is involved, the better the student is going to do. 
The hardest students to reach are the ones where the parents aren't involved and don't care about their performance. So the only reason you would want the parents not involved is if you think that the parents represent an impediment to you imposing your agenda on their kids. So we have the parents involved. We know it's important. So what happens is, and this is sad that this is the case, there is smut in the schools now. There wasn't when I was growing up, but there is now. And so parents now in Florida can blow the whistle on this. So if in their fifth graders a library, there is a book with pornographic images, they can say, wait a minute, that's not age appropriate. And so, and, and it's not, and the schools will remove. His rallies also included his wife, Casey, who in Bluffton and Greenville spoke to the crowds about her life. She's a native Ohioan, and she graduated from the College of Charleston and worked in TV news in Florida before meeting DeSantis, marrying and raising three children together. In Gilbert, Casey and Ron had a longer conversation on stage, but in Greenville, she shared stories of their young children running amok in the governor's mansion, playing sports, and sharing the joys of parenting to a receptive crowd who got a glimpse into a more personal side of the DeSantis's. But she weaves in some politics as well. I'm so proud of everything that the governor has accomplished, but here's why it matters. Because so often you see people who run for office, they say they're going to do all these wonderful things, and then they get up to places like Washington, D.C., and they go rogue. They go native. They forget why they're there. They become these listless vessels that are just bending in the wind. They're putting their finger in the air to try to take polls to see which direction that they need to go. They're more interested in politics, and they never deliver the accomplishments that the people expect them to deliver upon. But that is not true, as you've seen with this governor. When he says he is going to do something, bank on it. He gets it done. And how refreshing is that for politicians? Before DeSantis took the stage in Greenville, State Representative Ashley Trantham, who spearheaded the so-called Save Women's Sports Act last year, which prohibits transgender women from playing on sports teams that don't correspond to the gender they were assigned at birth, presented NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines with a House resolution, calling her a true winner after Gaines tied for fifth place with transgender athlete Leah Thomas in the 200-yard freestyle at the 2022 NCAA Swimming Championships. Here's part of Riley Gaines's remarks. Um, and that, that's what really all of this boils down to. The denying of objective truth, the changing of the language, the breakdown of faith and family and our freedoms. It's really, you can open any history book and see what all of those things combined, what direction that points us in, and, and it's really Marxism. And where our administration now is actively leading us in this direction. Speaking of our administration now, the people in the White House, the Biden administration, what they're doing to Title IX. Of course, Title IX is a federal civil rights law that is supposed to prevent discrimination on the basis of sex. They're rewriting that to where it's no longer preventing discrimination on the basis of sex, it's preventing discrimination on the basis of gender identity. So DeSantis's first swing through South Carolina as a Republican presidential candidate went off pretty much without a hitch. The governor isn't doing town hall style events like we've seen from former Ambassador Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott, but there's still plenty of time for that after making his initial introductions in these early voting states where people were just trying to see him and hear him. And again, the guy would talk for about 50 minutes straight, so that's a lot to communicate. And it's his campaign, so you want to control as much of that initial message as possible. Now, there was one outburst in Gilbert when someone in the crowd called him an effing fascist. He also had a small cadre of protesters many wearing Mickey Mouse ears at the locations, and there were even pro-Trump protesters. Conditions weren't ideal in all the locations with the June heat and a lack of chairs at some places, 
but overall some 3,000 folks turned out across the state to see him, which is pretty big for initial swing, hence those high poll numbers. An April Winthrop poll conducted obviously before DeSantis got into the race found Trump leading among South Carolina Republican voters with 41% support, followed by DeSantis at 20% and Haley at 18%, within that 4.5% margin of error right there. So, a lot to watch there. But speaking of the Winthrop poll, Director Scott Huffman just dropped a new one on us this week. And here are some headline numbers for you. 37% of South Carolinians support a ban on most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy while 43% are in opposition. When it comes to allowing exceptions for abortions in cases where the pregnancy threatens the life of the woman or her health, the pregnancy is a result of rape or incest, or the baby is likely to be born with severe disabilities or health problems, a majority of South Carolinians are in favor. This general population survey of 1,051 South Carolinians also found that 73% were in favor of supporting legislation that would require a completed background check before a buyer can take possession of a firearm even if the background check takes longer than three days to come back. It's known as the Charleston loophole. That also included 73% of Republicans supporting that measure. 75% of respondents also support prohibiting the sale of firearms to those under age 21. Once again, there is broad agreement among rank-and-file party members over red flag laws and age restrictions, according to Scott Huffman. That's the vanguard of the Republican Party, he said, and Second Amendment activists in particular often present the conservative opinion on firearms as monolithic. But nothing could be further from the truth, he said. Now, when it comes to transgender issues, 62% support requiring that transgender athletes compete on teams that match the sex they were assigned at birth, not the gender they identify with. Dr. Huffman notes that, quote, while the party division on requiring transgender athletes to compete on teams of their birth assigned sex is stark, even among South Carolina Democrats, we don't see a groundswell of support for trans athletes. Previous polls have shown broad support for the rights of gays and lesbians, especially the right to marry. However, the public is still clearly grappling with issues related to transgender athletes, quote. Moving on, Nikki Haley participated in an hour-long CNN town hall Sunday evening with Jake Tapper, Jake Tappa, where she fielded a variety of questions from the studio audience in Des Moines and from Tappa himself. One question from the audience dealt with her stance on the Russian invasion of Ukraine and was one of those moments where she differentiated herself from others in the race like Trump and DeSantis. Take a listen. You know, it's been controversial on what we do with this Russian-Ukrainian war, but I'll tell you this. This is bigger than Ukraine. This is a war about freedom, and it's one we have to win. You look at those Ukrainians and what they do when Russia invaded their freedoms. They moved in there, went to the front lines, and fought for their country. The women said, we're not going to stay back. They made Molotov cocktails to defend their country. Everybody gave them five days to survive. But yet their passion and their will push them forward. What we have to understand is a win for Ukraine is a win for all of us because tyrants tell us exactly what they're going to do. What we heard, China said they were going to take Hong Kong. They did it. Russia said they were going to invade Ukraine. We watched that happen. China says Taiwan's next. We better believe them. Russia said Poland and the Baltics are next. If that happens, we're looking at a world war. This is about preventing war. And so the way you prevent war is not that we give cash to Ukraine, not that we put troops on the ground, but that we get with our allies and we make sure that we give them the equipment and the ammunition to win. Because when Ukraine wins, that sends a message to China with Taiwan. It sends a message to Iran that wants to build a bomb. It sends a message to North Korea testing ballistic missiles. And it sends a message to Russia that it's over, 
That's what we have to do. And keep in mind, everybody wants to know, well, how does this war end? It would end in a day if Russia would pull out. If Ukraine pulls out, then we're all looking at a world war. So this is a real issue that distinguishes you from some of your opponents. Um, Former President Trump has refused to say whether he believes Russia should win the war or if Putin is a war criminal. uh, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis referred to Russia's invasion of Ukraine as a, quote, territorial dispute. Um, What do you think of that? I think that that's a mistake that too many have made. That's exactly what got the Europeans in this position with Russia in the first place, is that they're too trustful. You can't be trustful of a regime that goes in and tries to take away people's freedoms. What we need to understand is that Ukraine has the ability to win, but we have to think bigger than that. And for them to sit there and say that this is a territorial dispute That's just not the case to say that we should stay neutral. It is in the best interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through. We have to finish it. Tapa also had this question about Haley's relationship with Trump. And here's that question and answer very quick here. I do want to ask you about your relationship with your former boss and current political rival, uh, former President Trump. After January 6th, you said this about him, quote, we need to acknowledge he let us down. He went down a path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him, and we can't let that ever happen again, unquote. Do you, do you still feel that way? Yes. He thinks it was a beautiful day. I think it was a terrible day. I'll always stand by that. Haley also hit Trump for his cozy relationship with North Korea leader Kim Jong-un. And Tiapa also gave Haley an opening to beat up on DeSantis when he asked her about the legal battle between the state of Florida and Disney. Here's her response. Look, it's the hypocrisy of the whole thing. What I said was, first of all, this all started with the don't say gay bill, right? And it basically said you couldn't talk about gender to any child before the third grade. I have been on record saying I don't think that went far enough. They should not be talking to our kids about gender, period. That's what parents talk to their kids about, not in school. So let's put that bill away and put that to the side. I totally agree with the bill and think that it needed to go further. And I think they've done that since then. What I'm talking about is the fact that here you have a woke company. They've been woke for years. I remember when Disney went after President Trump for immigration. This is nothing new. So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. Businesses were my partners in South Carolina. We didn't always get along. And I, you know, Luckily, South Carolina is very anti-woke. But when you have a company like that, don't bring the citizens' taxpayer dollars into it. Pick up the phone, deal with it, settle it the way you should. And I just think he's being hypocritical on that. And sticking with the 2024 campaign trail, after blasting the views Joy Bayer after saying Senator Tim Scott didn't understand systemic racism in America, the senator turned Republican presidential candidate joined the women of The View on Monday. Here's part of his remarks, and you can hear Sonny Hostin kind of chiming in at parts. Take a listen. One of the things I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive 
disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't it imagine, is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still in, 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15% employment in the African-American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under 5%. 40% homelessness and 50 of African-Americans of the folks get, in our community. get 13% they, oh, I, of the population. You have a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched mm-hmm. you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. True. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a, on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed that having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And here's the way that you, you measure that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. The two were also caught mid-discussion when the show came back on the air from a commercial break. Hoston could be heard telling the U.S. Senator, we invited him on the show. He wouldn't come, quote. Not clear on who they were talking about there. But let's continue our look at the 2024 presidential race with some updates. Two big names, two big names, will be throwing their hat into the race this week, while one potential contender is passing. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is set to announce his candidacy on Tuesday, charting a new bid, predominantly attacking Trump is what his campaign seems to be about, and this comes after Christie's failed run in 2016. And former Vice President Mike Pence will be jumping in the race on Wednesday, the same day as North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Yes, Doug Burgum. Now, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu told CNN on Monday that he will not be getting in the race. That's one governor who said he will not be getting the race, despite much speculation. Some would say more speculation than Doug Burgum. So, yes, the field will increase to eight major candidates by the end of this week. That's still far below the 17 Republicans who are gunning for the 2016 nomination. Remember Senator Lindsey Graham's candidacy? Yeah, right. Graham announced in June 2015 and ended his bid by December. Now we have two South Carolinians in the race. We'll see where things go. Speaking of Senator Graham, he spoke from the Senate floor last week during the debt ceiling debate and blasted his House counterparts for a debt ceiling bill that he says hinders national defense. Here's about 90 seconds of Senator Graham. The odd outcome here is at a time of growing conflict, we're reducing the Navy. There are 296 ships in the Navy Today, under this budget, by 2025, there'll be 286. If we continue with the Biden budget, there'll be 290. The Chinese Navy today is 340. 
By 2025, they'll have 400. By 2030, they'll have 440. This budget locks in a smaller U.S. Navy at a time the Chinese Navy is growing dramatically. There's not a penny in this budget to help beat Putin. The Navy is smaller, the Army is smaller, the Marine Corps is smaller. This is not a threat-based budget. This is a budget of political compromise where people have lost sight of what the country needs. We need safety and security. To my House colleagues, I can't believe you did this. To the Speaker, I know you got a tough job. I like you, but the party of Ronald Reagan is dying. Don't tell me that a defense budget that's $42 billion below inflation fully funds the military. Don't tell me that we can confront and challenge China. Everybody in this body is patting themselves on the back that we see China as the most existential threat to America. You are right. We did the CHIPS Act. We're doing things to help our economy combat China. At the moment of decision, when it came to the military, this budget is a win for China. That's right. Neither Graham nor Scott voted for the measure that passed the Senate 63 to 36. The measure previously passed the House 314 to 117, with Republicans Jeff Duncan and Joe Wilson joining Democrat Jim Clyburn in support of the measure. But South Carolina Republicans Russell Fry, Nancy Mace, Ralph Norman, and William Timmons voted against suspending the debt ceiling until January 2025. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here. And folks, do you know who I'm really glad is here? And I really mean this. A.T. Shire, folks. <laughs> this show's oh, producer. Oh, thank you. The oh, man thank who, you, yes. who makes the donuts, who gets the trains running on time, who keeps yep. me in line, teaches me how to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, say no, Gavin, that's not the right word. And I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it I anyway. I just love this. This truly is great. Uh, the one who keeps you in line. And I say this. Uh, I'm down in Charleston, still working, yes. and Gavin is recording in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I didn't mention that on the top, but uh, yes, it is true. I'm fully horizontal. <laughs> the the premonition has come true. Yes, the scrolls. They we read this many many moons ago, and here lo, low look, and it, it is it has happened. <laughs> well, it, and I tell you why. It's because I had a long day in Aiken yesterday. I was at. I took in some You're polo. Aching. I'm Aiken from Aiken. Hashtag, yeah, that Aiken. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I took in a bunch of polo during the day. And no, I was not riding a horse or doing anything other than sitting and watching it <laughs> and maybe consuming refreshing drinks. Uh, maybe Juleps. too many. I wish. I probably could have had one. Um, but no, it was, it was something a long time in the making. I wanted to go. I've done this like years ago. But I uh, went with some friends because some people were like talking about Aiken. I was like, oh, you know, they do polo on Sundays. You can go down there. You can tailgate or you mm-hmm. can like spend too much money and you like go in their pavilion and then have like open bar and hot dogs. Who would dogs. want that when you can just tailgate? You and know what I mean? That's what we should have done. People hadn't had that Come experience. On. So I said, okay. And the consensus is we're going to do the tailgate next time. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the last matches before the end of the spring season because then you know, it gets too hot and then it's not fun for anyone. Think of the horses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they go through so many horses too. I mean, my God. 
I got a question. Which is the athlete in polo? The the rider or the horse? The symbiosis, of course. <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> the symbiosis. My <laughs> oh, God. Mike, tell me you've never seen polo, right? Come on, guys. Okay, come on. Jeez, yeah, it's, like, it's basically NASCAR. Tell me you don't know polo without telling me <laughs> you don't you, know polo. I mean, okay. come on. We should probably cut that question. It's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a great time. Um, went to the Wilcox afterward for a little espresso martini. Good. Um, good and for then, you. Yeah, just it was. It's nice. It's a good way to go see some other parts of our state and take advantage of the things that make South Carolina South Carolina. So we'll definitely be going back in the, the fall. So check it out if you. I'm if so you need something glad on a Sunday. You, I'm so glad you had a nice relaxing time. I'm not jealous at all. I've only been working uh, 21 straight oh, days. Okay, here um, comes the sad part of the wind down, folks. But, right? Uh, boo. I, I, I boo. <laughs> boo. I have a great. Speaking of uh, unrelatable content, yes. Gavin going to a polo match. <laughs> uh, I was I was uh, listening in on uh, some chamber music rehearsal, okay. right? And you know, like when you're uh, on an elevator and there's that little slit, and you're like, "Ooh, I would hate to drop my phone down there." Oh, you know, we, we've all yeah. we've all <laughs> thought that. We've all had that fear, and uh, so they were wor- they were playing, they were sawing away up there. And the cello player drops her bow. Oh. And it rattles around, rattles around, and then slips through the cracks no. and falls deep into the pit underneath the stage. Oh, my God. And normally I'd be like, okay, not a big deal, just your bow. And she was losing her mind. And she said, we have to go get that bow. And everyone's like, why? She goes, that bow costs $500,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yes. Is that not the most insane sentence you've ever heard in your life? What could it be made of? Uh, uh, unicorn hair, obvious. Uh, I, <laughs> I said, back to my I relationship. Said, uh, what? I said pangolin armpit hair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to say like $5,000, $500, $5,000, half a million dollars for a, a cool bow. half million. What could it be? A bow. I. I, I that was one of the least relatable things I've heard in a long time. Um, I was like, that is a very good house. Uh, uh, <laughs> brand new. You yeah. Know? That's, that's 10 good cars, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not even <laughs> contemplating this because I'm so stunned, but you've had time to get over that stunt. Oh, my gosh. That's... So did you guys fish it out? I mean, how? What? How? Yeah, I mean, we just went down and got it. You take an elevator down there and stuff. Oh, but okay. like, I, I I immediately texted you and I said, you have to remind me to talk about cello bows. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're um, you know, if you if you're a string instrument person, let us know about your instruments and how much they Please. cost. <laughs> I I would love. Oh, I also have one other funny story. I don't wish. You know, like before everything was cloud-based. You all the pictures on your one phone when you got a new phone, they were just sort of gone. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I have I have a great picture on an old phone. So like everyone knows what a Stradivari violin is, you know, like Stradivarius, he made violins yeah. in like hundreds of years ago, but they're the best ones still today. And yeah. they're all like multi-million dollars, right? Yeah. Well, at one point there were four players in at Spoleto with a Stradivari, three violins and a cello, rare mm. cello. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, could I uh take a picture holding all of them? And they all looked at each other and were like, uh, yeah, we don't care. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I have a picture where I'm holding like $47 million worth of, of uh, stringed instruments. I'm just <laughs> terrified of the bow. And here you are with like all the kick caboodle. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm holding it. And it's like I'm holding like four babies at once. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can't. I couldn't believe they let me do it. And there, uh, I won't. I won't name names. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want me to name names here. You had to know. be there. You had to be there, brother. Anyway, well, one rhymes with Dietrich. I, don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Who Dietrich Buxtehude. Anyway, Gavin, please put this show out of its misery. Oh. I have so many more things to do today. I know. Uh, I miss all my friends. I miss my house. I miss my cats. I miss my callers. Please call in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, good night. Have a good week. Uh, Is it the weekend? Is it the week? I don't know know what day it is. Science can't explain how tired I am. Anyway, goodbye. I love you. Uh, Such an uplifting message there on the way out. Thank you, AT, and all of our listeners and callers. Give us a shout, 803-563-7169. You might just end up on the pod. Hashtag, you probably will. Also, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can always uh, stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers, folks. You have to. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. That was Electric Company, wasn't it? One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't think so. Okay. 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 Well, <laughs> that's how you want to mark down. It's not knowing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. Yeah, I would have said that if I were you. You said that weird. <laughs>